0: Hey, if you're invested in the Las Vegas mayoral race, and really we should all be, you're going to want to check out the Nevada Independent Mayoral Forum on Wednesday, May 15th at the Fountain Blue. The Indy CEO, John Ralston, will be moderating a live panel with the three frontrunners. You know, it could get spicy, so don't miss it. Tickets are available at thenevadaindependent.com events. And as a bonus for CityCast Las Vegas members, we've got two pairs of tickets we're giving away tonight. So make sure to join at membership.citycast.fm if you haven't already.
1: So CCSD just released a proposal they're planning to take to the state legislature next year. They want sex education to be opt-out, not opt-in. Right now in Nevada, if a parent doesn't sign the permission slip, aka opt-in, then that child automatically doesn't take sex ed. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, I'm chatting with Camelot Todd, a reporter at the Nevada Current. We talk about why this sex ed policy shift is so important, how it impacts students who don't have a home or an adult who can sign their paperwork, and how it's all connected to Nevada's super high STI rates. (music) It's Tuesday, December 13th, 2022. I'm Vogue Robinson, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. Good morning, Camelot Todd. Thanks for being on CityCast Las Vegas. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Let's get into it. What is the big shift in sex ed policy that CCSD is proposing to the Nevada legislature?
0: It is considering changing the state's policy from opting into sex ed to opting out. So right now, every parent in Nevada has to sign a permission slip saying they want their kid to receive sex ed. CCSD is wanting to do the opposite. So parents who don't want their kids to have sex ed would be opting you know, their kids out of sex ed. Mm. So it ultimately makes sex education a little bit more accessible to vulnerable populations.
1: And what's the point of these changes?
0: The purpose of this policy is to have parents who are okay with getting sex ed from schools to their kids or vulnerable populations like unaccompanied homeless youth or foster youth who may not have a legal guardian or parent mm. to sign that permission slip readily available.
1: Okay, so it's giving more kids a chance to get this education without the almost, well, the barrier of not having a, an adult who's who's gonna sign the paperwork.
0: Exactly, exactly. I was like, does that make sense? <laughs> yes, that is, that's that's okay. exactly it.
1: I remember uh, as a kid, like bringing home the permission slip to my grandma and being like, okay, grandma sign this and I'm gonna learn about sex. She's like, yeah, it's fine. But I remember- always bring her little permission slips to sign.
0: <laughs> yeah. And we're only one of five states that does this. The others are not surprising. It's Utah, Texas, Mississippi, Arizona. The vast majority of states says if you don't want your kid to get, you know, sex ed, you can opt them out of it versus everyone has to do it. Like, like you said, you forget to bring home the permission slip or, you know, you... Don't get it signed in time. I'm I'm one of five, and it was very chaotic getting anything in front of my parents.
1: Five siblings.
0: Oh yeah, five siblings, four teenage girls in all in high school at the same time. So, you know, there there is a lot of chaos. Um, so it does kind of ease the burden on a lot of parents who or guardians who want their kids to know reproductive and sexual health care.
1: I know you mentioned people who are are vulnerable as well. Why is sex ed so critical for those who are from, you know, just vulnerable backgrounds?
0: Absolutely. So we know that, we know that one, in the U.S., there is a kind of steady increase of STIs, right? Um, And half of all STIs happen to be, you know, teenagers to mid-20 year olds. Um, Mm -hmm. When you break that down even further, you start to really see populations that are more vulnerable. So kids who live in poverty, homeless, unaccompanied youth, foster youth, those who are a part of the CSEC population, so commercially sexually exploited children. So you have these very vulnerable groups that kind of fall through the crack, who are more, more exposed to catching STIs or having unprotected sex whether it's consensual or not. Um, So they need to be more informed about what's going on with their own body.
1: Mm, Absolutely. Why now? Uh, What's up with the timing of this proposal?
0: Yeah. So this isn't the first time Um, it happened in 2017 and 2019, but what really kind of pushed this is two different trends, right? So one, the overturning of Roe v. Wade which has severely limited, not maybe in Nevada, our systems have seen kind of a burden because of other states coming in. But definitely the clinics that provided abortion care also provided reproductive health care, including condoms, STI testing, screenings um, for breast cancer. So those clinics are going, that really accessible reproductive sexual health care access is going away. Mm. And then you also have teenagers and early 20-year-olds who are more impacted by, you know, teenage pregnancies and and STIs, not getting the education to prevent them in school and then not getting that community-based, you know, resource. And then you're also seeing Nevada is number one in primary and secondary syphilis in the nation. Here's those lists
1: again, those things that they're number one
0: on (laughs) And number four and having syphilis babies, babies born with syphilis. So, you oh. know, when you think of, of the fact that there's these two kind of trends going on, the need is even greater than it has been before. And while most STIs are treatable, if you don't know what the symptoms are, if they're not detected, if you don't get tested, it can really damage your body and your health. That's part of what sexual and reproductive health care is. It's, it's learning What is going on with your body, how to communicate that with a a doctor or medical professional and and being in control and confident in who you are.
1: Is anyone in Clark County vocally opposed to this change?
0: Yeah, we have a group in Nevada called Power to the Parents who were instrumental in getting a bill vetoed by Governor Sandoval in 2017 that passed um, Nevada State Senate and House um, and had a lot of vocal support from students and educators and they are very vocal about not wanting one of the bills to be reintroduced or for um, CCSD to change this policy and push mm-hmm. this policy change into place.
1: What's their argument? Like, why did it, why are they against it?
0: Their argument is that ninety five percent of people return the permission slip, so why why change it now? Is kind of their argument. Um, I wanted some clarity on that because you know if the vast majority of people are returning the permission slip. Then, wouldn't you want to ease that burden and just have it on the parents who don't want their kids to receive sex ed? And mm-hmm. um, they didn't really, didn't really answer that. They did say that they want the parents' voice to be present in sex ed, which I don't quite understand how it would want be if you opted <laughs> opt <it> out. Um, <laughs> But I uh, I didn't get any clarity on that either, even though I wanted to.
1: Yeah, because I'm trying to think about it. Okay, so it's different types of burdens on different people, right? Because it puts the burden on, Okay, if you know you don't want your kid to go through sex education, then you've got to remember to find the form. And I guess we'd have to know whatever the process is, too. Like, so is it you've got to call the school or talk to the teachers and say at the beginning of the year as you're registering your kid, no on sex ed. But I think if, if you've got to say yes or no, it's still the same amount of work being done, it seems like to me. That's what
0: it seemed like to me. I honestly continued to press that with the executive director um, of Powder the Parents, and I couldn't really get an answer, um, a clear answer other than parents should have the right to discuss and, and choose sex education for their children, which I wish kind of applied to like geometry honors. Cause I would have mm. loved that. I would have <laughs> loved my dad to be like, she, really she doesn't, doesn't need, need geometry. geometry. <laughs> um, That's not
1: her strong suit. She, she's a writer.
0: <laughs> yeah, she doesn't need math. Um, but I do think it is interesting that sex education and reproductive education healthcare is one of the few things that we have this controversy around as far as education when it does impact everyone throughout their entire course of their life right when we think about our bodies and sexual and reproductive healthcare, it isn't just figuring out how you know to use a condom or what stis are it is pregnancy and birth it's consent it's healthy relationships mm-hmm. it's sexual identity it's it's even beyond that how do you set boundaries with your friends whether or not you like to be touched Um, it's learning about what is and isn't you know domestic violence there's so much that goes around that that impacts the course of our lives beyond high school beyond college that we don't really take seriously
2: Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. Over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas' most talked about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist Steve Kessler from Aroma. There's so many more things
1: I think that, that are being put out about social and emotional health of, of kids. but obviously, when it comes to that physical component of bodies and when we use the word sex, I think it's a, ding, 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 a ring that goes off in people's heads like, oh, what are you teaching my kid? But what is the balance here? How do we how do we make sure that everybody gets a certain amount of education so they at least know how their body works, how a person gets pregnant um, and and all those really important components of relationships and what is a red flag? <laughs>
0: You know, that's, I think there is this controversy because of the word sex, right? There's this, this, oh, we're teaching kids about sex. Teenagers are having sex, right? We know that 33% of teens in Nevada's education system are having sex at least once this year. 44% of those kids did not use a condom, which is the only method protecting you from STIs. We know that half of all STIs are teenagers and early 20-year-olds. We know Nevada is, is the highest state for syphilis. So we're exposing an entire generation to a disease that they may not know what the symptoms are. They may not know if they have it. They may not know if they're spreading it.
1: Mm-hmm. It is,
0: it's, it's an public health issue as well as an education access issue.
1: How does Clark County stack up against other school districts around the country when it comes to like our sex ed policies?
0: Uh, Obviously, we have an opt-in policy, um, but there is also the fact that very few states teach medically accurate sex ed or comprehensive sex ed. Only 17 states in America require it to be medically accurate. CCSD does teach medically accurate sex ed, which is not mandated by the state of Nevada. So it does do a little bit better of a job than some other counties where they don't have to teach medically accurate sex ed. And that's a whole additional layer on it is even if you opt into a sex education program, is it actually giving kids medically accurate information Mm -hmm. about their body? And if that's not, then that's not very helpful, right? Like we don't do that with math. We don't give them an accurate math education. And yet it's, it's, it's your body and it has the potential to impact your health for the rest of your life. So there is that kind of like barrier. It's like, what good is an education if it's not factual?
1: Hmm. Well, is it not accurate or is it just not like regulated? Because it because it almost sounds like it's just not regulated. Like it could still be it, accurate because I feel like a lot of teachers really deeply care about their students, but it just sounds like maybe in Nevada, it's just nobody's hand is in it.
0: It does depend on your, your teacher, right? And your district, which is not a common policy for education to have. You know, teachers should have some say over the lesson plans and how they teach their students because they know their students best and what mm-hmm. resonates with them. But there are guidelines um, and there are guidelines in place for a reason so that when kids graduate high school or college, they're operating with the best information and are prepared for the future, whatever their future would be. So I do think there is that kind of, well, everything is, is up to the individual and there is no kind of consensus of, of what this
1: could look like. Yes. It sounds very American. <laughs> like what we learn what we learn in one city or one state is very different sometimes what we learn in another state. So what would the next steps be for this proposal? And can CCSD enact this without the state? Um, or is CCSD gonna be lobbying the legislature next year to get it statewide?
0: That's a brilliant question. Um it's the one I don't have an answer to. CCSD did not elaborate on that. But they are putting this bill draft request into the next session. So it would have to pass, obviously, committees and then go into the Senate and the House. We are in an interesting predicament with the next governor coming in. Will he sign that? Will he veto that? Will this be a a kind of a repeat of the Sandoval issue in 2017, where this did pass with wide support? And then it was vetoed because of some lobbying by Power to the Parents. So it is going to be an interesting session to see how far this will go.
1: So, this is just a bonus question, but did anything surprise you as you were doing research for this article?
0: Um, I think the thing that was the most surprising to me is one, how few people use condoms. Um, that was a very <laughs> surprising thing. And then the other thing is how you know, there are so many barriers, so many small barriers to homeless, like unaccompanied homeless youth and foster youth, to just getting the education that they need that they're most impacted, right? So, you know, those two populations are at a higher risk of STIs than the general like population, right? But they have to go through so many more barriers to get education that would benefit them. And that was a very like, shocking thing for me to realize is that we are you know we have the highest rate of unsheltered unaccompanied homeless youth in the nation right Mm. you have the highest rate of kids in state care in the nation right and yet we are setting them up for failure when it comes to diseases and issues that impact them disproportionately Um, And I think that is a that's a huge issue, right? We're supposed to care about all our kids, all our students. And yet we're leaving behind these groups, these, these people who need the support the most.
1: Absolutely. Camelot Todd, thank you so much for being on CityCast Las Vegas today. And thank you so much for writing this article. Appreciate you. Before you go, a few things you should know. If you take too long to pay your minor traffic tickets, you run the risk of going to jail, which sounds ridiculous. But starting January 1st, a new law takes effect that decriminalizes those lesser offenses, meaning you won't get locked up, but you definitely still have to pay the ticket. So, the Raiders keep losing, but UNLV's Runnin' Rebels basketball team is winning. It's off to a 10 and 0 start for the first time since the 1990-1991 season. Hopefully, They'll keep it up. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Did you learn something new? Like the fact that Nevada ranks first in the nation for syphilis cases? (sighs) Share this episode with your friends who have opinions about sex ed and the friends you think should have paid more attention in sex ed. (laughs) then make sure you're both following the show and go ahead and leave us a few stars while you're at it. Make sure you're subscribed to our amazing morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk soon. Before you go, a few things you should know. Condoms are free at the LGBT Center. Go get some.